as people who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ, as people who have placed their trust in the work of Jesus on the cross, the goal for us is spiritual maturity. Hello and welcome to Candid, where we never settle for less than the truth. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Each week, we're going to tackle some tough issues. We're going to answer your hard questions and take a candid look at the Christian faith. Today's free download, Why Understanding Suffering in Light of the Gospel, is a visual guide that provides biblical insight on why suffering exists, three types of suffering and the hope God provides in each one, scriptural examples of God's redemptive work in suffering, promises we can cling to in times of difficulty. Discover the unshakable hope, peace, and comfort that God gives his children in the midst of life's trials. Visit ltw.org candid for your free download today. I was uh, preaching at church a few weeks ago, and um, I was really trying to think of how to speak into, again, this, this situation we're all facing, this global pandemic, but aspects of it. And one of the aspects that keeps coming up is that we are all facing some sort of trial. There is no way, I don't think, in the last nine weeks of or ten weeks or whatever it is of sort of shelter in place, shelter at home, quarantine, whatever you want to call it, lockdown, I feel like there's absolutely no way that no one has gone through some trial, whether it's small or big. We think about all the expectations that we had, graduations, sporting events, Easter service, church Sunday services, you know, VBS Sunday schools that'll be, you know, are most likely going to be canceled through the summer. There's, there's a bunch of things that we once took for granted that were taken from us. We even think about relationally, think about the breakdown of relationships that have taken place through this stay-at-home order. People are forced to be with people that they may not actually enjoy being with. We have all faced some sort of trial. And so I wanted to go and I wanted to look at Scripture and see what it says, what it tells us about those trials. And I couldn't help but think of James chapter 1 when he talks about considering it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. And what does that mean? What does it mean to consider something pure joy in trials? Because what I think, I'm sure it's not, is the the sort of plastering a, a smile on your face. It's not being false or acting falsely to the reality. It has to do with how you view your trial and its purpose. You know, because... Trials attempt to drive wedges between us and our holy God. It attempts to drive wedges between us and one another. And the key to all of this is asking ourselves what our goal in life is. As people who have committed their lives to Jesus Christ, as people who have placed their trust in the work of Jesus on the cross, the goal for us is spiritual maturity. James says that you may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Because here's the reality about our faith. It's not a class that you take and you get a certificate and you hang that certificate on the wall. It's not only about escaping hell. It's not a faith that stays put or remains dormant. It is a growing faith. It's about maturity. It's about discipleship. 
It is taking what we have received, that free gift of grace that Christ offers us, our justification, which gives us a right standing before God, and then moving forward in sanctification. And the pathway to maturity, James says, comes through trials and testing. I wish it was through something else. I do. I wish I could tell you it was through just reading scripture. But in God's perfect design, in God's perfect plan, he uses trials and testing. And testing develops perseverance. And the terrain which that pathway goes is the trials of many kinds, which we are to consider pure joy. But it's one of the hardest things for a Christian to believe that God is working in and through a person's pain for a good and holy end. When people are hurting, it's hard to be strong in faith and devotion. That's why James and Peter and Paul and other New Testament writers go out of their way to discuss how we are to handle and what we are to think of these trials. They know these are realities and a part of life on earth. So they tell us to keep in mind that end that the trial will bring about, because the purpose of the test is not to make you fail. The purpose of the test is to refine you. It's like that refiner's gold that Peter writes about in 1 Peter, that the dross, the unhelpful things, the unnecessary things in our life would be burned off, would be stripped off, that they would be removed and the pure gold, the thing which is of value, is what remains. How many of us here have faced trials of many kinds and have some scars to prove it? Broken relationships, hurt emotions and feelings. And yet if you ask anyone who has been a believer for a longer period of time, they will tell you That it was those experiences of going through the trial, going through the pain, that developed their perseverance. It's like a relationship. Any serious dating relationship that you desire to keep going, it has to endure hardships. People are far too sinful to be in perfect relationship to one another. So when the difficulties come... And the breakdown in communication happens. If the relationship endures, it will be stronger because of it. But our lives go further than just seeking to persevere through trials. Our lives are growing to the end that we may be mature and complete. We know the day will come when our lives on earth cease or when Christ comes down to us. But we still have the goal of ongoing growth and maturity in Christ in the here and now, looking forward to not lacking anything. But, James says, if you are lacking wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously without finding fault, and it will be given to you. It's saying, look forward then to the day when you will stand complete, lacking nothing. But for now, there's something that we know we lack. We get so tangled up in these messes that are it doesn't seem like there's a, a clear way out for us. It looks like a purposeless mess. How could this ever be a stepping stone toward maturity? But in a word, we need wisdom. The wisdom that sees all life as serving the purposes of the Lord. Now we need to understand what wisdom is. Wisdom is not just knowledge. 
It's the application of knowledge. I think we all probably know people who have a great deal of knowledge. They know information, they can recall information, but when it comes to putting that information into practice, that becomes a, a, a pretty steep challenge. You can know the Bible, you can memorize the Bible, but if you're not taking what the Bible says and applying it to your life, then you lack wisdom. And James is saying, you need to go to God and ask him for wisdom, because we know that all of us are lacking in wisdom. In that little section, we also get a, an aspect of God that is so helpful for us to know. He says, if we lack wisdom, we are to ask for it from the God whose nature is to give. He is literally the giving God. This is part of the character of our God that we need to know and understand because facing trials without a God who is a giving God, a gracious God, would be absolutely disastrous. There will never be a time when we come to God and find that he is no longer gracious towards us, that he's no longer uh, forgiving those with a true broken heart, that he is no longer willing to pour out his blessings on his servants. And so we have this contrast between those who go to God, who are growing through the trials they face, and asking for wisdom, asking for God's help when they face pain and suffering and those trials of many kinds, growing in patience, growing in perseverance, and those who are impatient. Impatience is a childish tool that leaves us incomplete and immature in our faith. And so James goes on to say the impatient Christian, the untested Christian, is fundamentally an unstable Christian. If any of you lacks wisdom, he should ask God who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to him. But when he asks, he must believe and not doubt, because he who doubts is like a wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That man should not think he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all he does. You see, this is all linked together. The, the testing, the perseverance, the asking for wisdom. Because we are lacking in wisdom, this is all linked together. The testing, the perseverance, the asking for wisdom, part of that test, part of the pain. How do I deal with it? What do I do? I don't have the wisdom to persevere in the middle of trials and pain. And James says, if you lack wisdom, ask for it, but ask in faith. That is patiently trusting God. That's what perseverance means here. Trusting God in the midst of pain. If we don't have that trust, if we don't have that patience, it's like we're a, uh, a bottle or a cork that's just sitting on the waves of the ocean, and it's all over the place. We're, we're, we're bobbing up and down. We're moving in, in, in no real clear direction. There's no trajectory. We're unstable. We're double-minded. The word that's used there, it's, it's not just that it's two-minded. It's actually as if you had two hearts. On the one hand, you trust in God. On the other hand, you don't. On the one hand, you resolve to be patient. On the other hand, you're, you're jumping to your own conclusions. There's instability. There's foolishness. There's weakness. You're childish in the faith. And so the benefits of pain, the benefits of the test, the benefits of the trial are great if your goal is to be complete in Christ. If your goal 
is to be spiritually mature. Otherwise, you will just be pushed around by the waves with absolutely nothing to guide you. These things are what we call a means of grace, a means by which God is bringing forth fruitfulness out of your soul. Because you know what? We are his handiwork, we are his craftsmanship, and the pain by which he molds us and shapes us is only for a moment that we may be renewed in the image of Christ himself. Consider it pure joy. That means if we line ourselves up with Scripture, there's an entire revolution of thinking that is called for. A revolution not only touches on our appraisal of life's experiences, but of our spiritual expectations also. And so often we are encouraged to think of holiness and sanctification and completeness and victory over sin or whatever the ultimate glory of Christ-likeness looks like as the result of some transaction that we make with God. And we think that we can have it immediately, that it's a once-off thing. We just sign on the dotted line. Now, the beginning of a commitment can start to look like that, but those things don't become ours instantaneously. That's so far from what James is teaching here. Rather, he's saying that the road is both uphill and thorny. The benefits that he promises are difficult to achieve. They're hard won. And the progress is painfully made. Only to repeat the process over and over. And so we ask ourselves, is this what James is actually saying? Is this what he is teaching? If it is, then scripture has spoken. And our duty and privilege is to reform our thinking in the light of God's word. But even more deeply and with greater privilege, is this not the way that our Savior went forward in his glory? And if it was the way of our Lord and Savior, should we not follow as his servants? Consider it pure joy when you face trials of many kinds, for this develops the mature Christian, and the mature Christian perseveres knowing that this pleases the Lord. And this light affliction is only for a moment, and it is preparing for us an eternal weight of glory beyond all comparison. I hope these thoughts are helpful to you in whatever trial you may be facing, maybe even recalling a past event, trial, testing that you've gone through. Maybe it's something that's coming down the path. But we need to remember what Christ went through. We need to remember what Scripture calls us to, that it it reminds us that these things are for our good and ultimately for God's glory. And so with that perspective, when that mentality on our mind, on our thoughts, on our emotions, we are able to face these trials in a different way. We're able to look back on the, the failures in a different way, in a different light. And we're able to see the glory of God and the grace of God so much clearer so that we can consider it pure joy when we face trials of many kinds. Candid is a podcast from Leading the Way with Dr. Michael Youssef. If you like today's episode, please share it with a friend, leave a review, and subscribe on your favorite 
podcast platform. By subscribing, you make sure you never miss an episode. It's delivered to you as soon as we release it. Don't forget to connect with our social media pages on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Visit ltw.org candid to connect with these pages, share your questions with me, and get this week's free download. Why? Suffering in light of the gospel. As always, thank you for listening to and sharing this episode. I'm your host, Jonathan Youssef. Thanks for listening.